Vineyard Westside welcomes everyone. It doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. Come as you are, because we believe that love wins, period. All right. Let's let's jump in. So the coolest thing kind of happened to me recently, just a, a, a couple days ago, I got to, I got to be in a parade. Um, I think we got a, do we have this picture up here? Um, I got to drive uh, in a parade with uh, my father-in-law has this little convertible. Uh, my daughter, Ava, who's sitting there uh, on the back of the car, um, there aren't laws in Coleraine Township. Uh, she was selected for the sophomore representative to represent the school for homecoming, and I got to drive in the parade. And I, they asked if I would drive in the parade, and I didn't really think anything of it. Um, just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Didn't think I've never driven in a parade before, and uh, some I was I was hit by some new feelings. I like driving in parades. Uh, it was a little bit difficult. I was driving a five-speed manual um, that was very slippery-shaped with two girls wearing slippery dresses on the back of it, and we were in stop-and-go traffic, and sometimes we were on a hill, and I had to, I'm going up a hill, and I had to stop with a clutch and try to not drop these girls off. I was like, it was the most stressful thing. <laughs> but when you're driving, I'm going through this parade, and it is just like, uh, all of a sudden it feels like maybe um, I'm accessing more of my potential all of a sudden. (laughs) Everyone is happy to see me. Like, every corner we pull around, people are cheering, and I'm just like, (laughs) just everybody was happy. I am jonesing for my next parade drive. Um, it was just one of those things where all of a sudden you feel like, yeah, I think I'm like, I think I'm doing, uh, I'm doing life better than I normally do life. Do you ever do something where you're like, this is what I should be doing more often. Like I'm making the most out of my life right now. This, this day I'm making the most out of it. I'm not just, um, just settling for whatever's available. Today, I want to talk about uh, how do you make the most of the rest of your life? How do you make the most of the rest of your life? I heard a variation uh, on this message taught in Alpha many years ago, and it was one of the things that uh, was most impactful to me uh, because it was, how do I make the most of the rest of my life? the rest of it. So you maybe have messed up up until this morning. Like maybe things haven't been going the way that you've wanted them to, uh, or you've made mistakes that you're super ashamed of, or whatever it is. Uh, But this is how do you make the most of the rest of your life from this moment forward? My friend Tracy loves when I say the word moment. I'm going to try and squeeze it in as many times as I can. How do I make the most of the rest of my life? Because God is, uh, thankfully, the God of second chances. He's the God of seventh chances. 
He's a God of seven times seven chances, uh, again and again. And so it's how do you make the most of the rest of your life? Uh, There's a favorite quote of mine from D.H. Lawrence is, if only we could have two lives, the first one in which to make our mistakes, and the second one in which to profit from those mistakes, right? So hindsight being, man, now I know. I would have never done that. Now I know I'm never going to make that same mistake again. What if you had another life where you could just benefit from all the things that you've screwed up and make the most of this new one? How do you make the most of the rest of your life? Romans chapter 12 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed by the patterns of this world. And so this is really the the shift or, or change or feeling that I get within Christianity is especially now over the last 10, 15 years in this age of technology, we are at this pivotal point of things changing. And so right now we're trying to find out how does the Bible fit into 2021 problems? How does the Bible fit into 2021 life, 2021 family? How does the Bible fit into that? And is it still relevant? And and is it still trustworthy? And I would say yes, and one of the things the Bible is saying is that even in 2021, whatever's going on in the world, do not let the world conform you into its pattern. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold uh, just because that's the mold that's, that's out there right now. Uh, I've shared this dumb story uh, a dozen times, but I just, I just always like it, so I'm going to read it again. There's a police academy student who's taking his final exam. Uh, There are easy questions at first, and then they get kind of progressively harder. You have to start answering um, like what you would do, how you would approach this scenario, this situation. And it says this, you are on patrol when an explosion occurs in a gas main on a nearby street. Upon investigation, you find that a large hole has been blown in the sidewalk and that there's an overturned van laying nearby. Inside that van, there's a strong smell of alcohol. Both occupants, a man and a woman, are injured. You recognize the woman as the wife of your police chief, who you know is currently away in Mexico. A passing motorist stops to offer you assistance, but you realize that he's a man who's wanted for armed robbery. Suddenly, another man runs out of a nearby house shouting that his wife's expecting a baby and that the shock of the explosion has caused her to go into labor. 
Another man's crying for help, and he had been blown into adjacent river by the explosion, and apparently he can't swim. Bearing the mind, bearing in mind the provisions of the Mental Health Act, describe in a few words what actions you would take to be an effective officer. The police officer thought for a minute. He picked up his pen and he wrote, I would take off my uniform and just mingle with the crowd. <laughs> and uh, the, the thing is, that's the, that's the temptation all the time for us when, you know, 2021 world uh, and all of its craziness that is going on and swirling on all around us, the temptation for us is to take off our Christian uniform our believer uniform, our disciple uniform, our follower of Jesus uniform, take it off and lay it down because it's just easier to not be the one who's responsible. It's easier to not be the one who's um, trying to do the right thing when everything's going so crazy or so wrong all around you. But the thing is, taking off the uniform uh, isn't, isn't better. It's not as meaningful. It's not as powerful. It's not as fulfilling as what could be. And so today we're talking about how do you keep that Christian uniform on all the time? Uh, how do you have a better, more meaningful, fulfilling life than, you know, you, you will, everybody reaches that point at some, at some time where you wake up and you go, is this it? Like, is this what I'm doing? It hits you, the pattern you've been in. I get up every day at the same time. I eat one of three different things for breakfast. I got to go to work. I'm at work all day. Then I come home. Then this happens. Then I, and it's just repeating. Is this all there is? Because I remember Jesus saying that he came to give us life and into the full, uh, everlasting life. Like, there's got to be more than this. And so how do you make the most of the rest of your life? I, I'm, I'm telling you, I actually have an answer. I have an answer for how you make the most of the rest of your life. And that, I know that, sound, that can sound cocky. Like, um, I know there's a lot of books written about it, self-help stuff, and everyone wants to know the secret to having a better life, right? I have it. Uh, and it, it is cocky, and that's arrogant to say, and it's confident, um, but the kingdom of God is cocky. The kingdom of God is confident. The kingdom of God can come across as arrogant uh, because the kingdom of God knows what it wants. It is a place, it's a, it's a thing that's never satisfied with just part of it, like where you have to give yourself completely over to it. Uh, the kingdom of God is a place of trust. It, it can be scary, but the Bible says do not worry 11 different times. Do not worry. It says do not fear 88 times. Do not fear 88 times. Do not worry 11 times. 99. Got 99 problems, but fear ain't one. And so, 11 times it says, do not worry. 88 times it says, do not fear. A big, 
um, a big theme of the Bible is just trust me. Trust me. Do not fear. Do not worry. Trust me. And so today we're going to read a, a classic story that has five different moves that are made that, you know, it, this could be my Joel Osteen five-step book I'm going to put together right now. Five steps to making the most of the rest of your life. Five moves that every one of us can make. Five moves that were made 2,000 years ago that are the same moves that we can make now. And so it starts in Luke chapter 5. If you want to follow along in a Bible, if you want to read on the screen, uh, that's great. Luke chapter 5, verse 1, it says, One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and he asked him to pull out a little from shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. Now Simon, this Simon was, uh, just, it's Simon, he's a great guy. Um, they invented a game that people still play to this day for him. Uh, Simon says, take my boat, Jesus. Simon's the one who would later be renamed Peter by Jesus. But Simon says to Jesus, take my boat. Now, the thing that's going on right now, Jesus has become, uh, Jesus has become like, like Bieber territory popular. Like, he can't go anywhere without crowds gathering everywhere and pushing in from all sides to where you can't move. Just imagine paparazzi and crazed fangirls coming up. Ah! Jesus is trapped. And so in this story, Jesus needs to be able to, he needs to be able to get away from the people a little bit if he's going to be able to talk to the crowd in any way. He needs to get into a boat and out onto the water to teach. And so he has to leave the solid ground and leave stability and go out into a, a little scarier territory. The first move that you'll experience as God gets a hold of your life, the first move that you have to make to make the most of the rest of your life is you have to leave the safe shore. You have to leave the safe shore. If you're a note taker, number one, leave the safe shore. And this could look like a million different things depending on who you are, and it can look different um, at different stages of your life. Uh, every six months, this question looks different to me of what, what is the safe shore that I'm clinging to that I need to step out of and take a risk with? Um, is it with your money? Like, are you just accumulating and making sure that you're secure or that your, your family is secure? Um, uh, because that's, that's one way of doing things. What I would say that the Bible calls you to do is to bless other people. It calls you to bless other people. And so are you living on the safe shore of, yeah, I'm actually doing pretty good, but, you know, we never know what's going to happen with our job, and we need to, we just have to, we got we to gotta keep this to ourselves and not share it, and um, could be your money that you need to, leave the safe shore with. It could be your kids, that you're not letting them experience 
um, what the world has to offer in certain ways because you're afraid. It could be, um, you know, not, not trusting yourself. Uh, maybe you want to go back to school and you're worried about the cost but you're not happy with what you're doing and you, you want to start your own business or you want to get into a different field completely and you're just afraid of, am I really going to start over now? Shouldn't I, just, shouldn't I just suck it up and suffer for the next 49 years? I'm sure it won't be that bad. It'll, it'll be worse. It'll get worse. And so you might need to leave the safe shore. For some of you, it might be uh, just talking to people about Jesus. You've had this experience with him, uh, but the, the thing that we've found is that um, uh, when somebody catches fire for Jesus or they experience the Holy Spirit and they're just lit up by it, um, coals go out. They cool off. And so the only thing that keeps coals hot is gathering around other ones, getting them into a big group and being around other hot coals that keep you burning. And so you can't keep what's going on between you and God to yourself. It'll just fizzle out. It'll, it'll cool off. And so if you're cooled off right now and you're wondering, like, why? I, I don't know what I did wrong. I would, I would say you probably aren't around other hot coals. You probably aren't around other people. And, and so leaving the safe shore might be joining a life group. It might be... Um, you know, just getting together with a group of friends and talking about this. It might be talking to someone who doesn't know Jesus about what he's done for you in your life, how he's transformed you. How do you make the most of the rest of your life? You have to leave the safe shore. Verse 4, it says, When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now put out into deep water, and let down the nets for a catch. Put out into deep water, let out the nets for a catch. This is the second move that we have to make if you want to make the most of the rest of your life. Move to deep waters. Move to deep waters. The first move is rough. So to leave the safe shore behind, whatever your safe shore is, That one's hard to do. It's stepping off solid ground into shaky territory. And then God says, once you do it and you take it and you're, you take that breath like, am I dead? I'm not dead. He says, okay, I want you to move out deep. Go further. Go deeper. Like you barely, you just pinky toe in. Go further. Deep waters freak me out. You guys ever, anybody freaked out by deep water? Like where you just, it's happened even before, like at Lake Brookville, and I'm out on the boat or we're on a paddle boat or something and everything's going good and people are like, you know this lake's like 114 feet deep? Man, there's probably catfish in there the size of a Volkswagen. <laughs> All of a sudden I'm paddling back to shore. <laughs> going deeper water though uh, can, be, can be some scary stuff and it can be very different for all of you, I'd say. Um, so, okay, anybody willing to be brave 
um, and tell anybody willing to admit what is something about Christianity that scares you or freaks you out, or that part gives you the willies. I'm going to say things like people speaking in tongues. Anybody freaked out by that? Your mama got a Honda? What about um, the idea of somebody praying for you, putting their hand on you and praying for you? What about praying for someone? Have you ever prayed for someone before? There's a bunch of you in this room that are like, yeah, of course, like a, a, a thousand times. And some of you are like, oh, no, pray for some. Like, that's the scariest thing I've ever said. What? It scared me to death. The Holy Spirit hit me and called me to pray for someone before. It was like, I didn't know I had left the safe shore yet. And I got drug into deeper waters and God was just laying it on me as thick as possible to pray for someone directly, to lay hands on them. And it was, it was just a deeper water experience. But it was something that ultimately ended up changing the trajectory of my life. Praying for that person that first time, that shifted everything. The fishermen received this challenge from Jesus, go out into deeper waters. Verse 5, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. This is, um, I recognize this snark. I've seen it before. I've said it before. This is Simon saying to Jesus. Jesus is saying, hey, you need to go out into the deeper waters. Um, I know you guys have been at this all night. You're professional fishermen and everything, but get your boat back out there. Put the nets back out. Um, restart your work day kind of thing. And uh, this is Simon saying, uh, Master, we've, uh, we've, we didn't catch anything. We already did this. But because you say so, I mean, I mean, geez, you're Jesus. You're the one with the crowd. You're the one that everybody's here for. You're the one that people are all excited over. I don't tell you how to make cabinets. <laughs> but because you say so, you move into the third, the third movement that has to take place to make the most of the rest of your life. This is the move into obedience. Once you leave the safe shore, you will be challenged to move into deeper waters. You move into deeper waters, and you'll be called to move into obedience. Move into obedience. This is the because you said so test. It's you know, I know this. Jesus, I'm a fisherman. I've been at this a long time. I know how certain things work. Um, you're telling me to do this thing that I know isn't going to... But because you say so, that's obedience. I feel like I know better, but I'm going to go with what you said. Because you say so, I'll do it. Whenever I discover something new or incredible about the kingdom of God, it's because I was obedient in something that I really didn't want to do, or I was obedient in something that I wanted to give up on. I wanted to stop doing. 
Do you have anything that you've been doing for a while and it just feels like, what, what's the point of this? I've been doing this Bible study or I've been coming to church or I've been in this group or I've been, it doesn't feel like it's doing anything, but because you say so, because you say so, I'm going to go ahead and, I'm going to go ahead and trust you. Um, it's 2021. Everything in this world says have sex with as many people as you can that you're not married to. Every app that's coming up for dating is pointing people towards it, making it easier to make it happen. Uh, people are having more superficial and more damaging interactions with people constantly. Have and so, okay, what does the Bible say? Don't, well, don't, don't, don't have sex with someone unless you're married to them. Well, why would I not do that? I mean, everything in the world says, because you say so. Because you say so, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust that you have a better plan for my life. And man, I'm telling you, I talk to people all the time. We're, we're, we have friends all over the place that are in this they're in this world, they're in this life, and they're in that, that fight of what the world is saying is good and what is going to make their life better, and we're just watching it happen. We're like, man, they're getting, a, they're getting a raw deal. The world is telling them some things that just aren't true. Why Give away 10% of my income. Why would I do that? How am I supposed to? No, it's not safe. It's a... Uh, it's pandemic time. It's time for us to be, uh, you know, we have to try and hold on to all of our money. How am I supposed to get by with 90% of my income and give 10% away to, because you say so? It's an obedience move. Because you say so. Love my enemies, even when they took my job or they said something about my kids or they voted for somebody I hate or yada yada. Love them. Well, I'm going to love them because you said so. Take care of your body. It says that your body's a temple and to treat it as if it's a gift. Like if you're a person who's struggling with, uh, with wanting to lose weight or with, you know, maybe the opposite of that. I know so many people are struggling with bulimia, with anorexia, with uh, just eating disorder re related things. The Bible says your body is a temple. It's a gift that you're supposed to be taken care of, that you're a steward of it, that you've been given oversight of it for just a time. And so maybe it's time to treat it as a temple because you say so. And that could be the reason why the, the kingdom of God uh, has, has, we haven't experienced it in its full expression yet. We haven't because um, the kingdom of God is this weird thing that is already and not yet. It's already, so Jesus showed up and ministered to people, and he started everything. We're now able to be saved, healed, delivered because of Jesus and his work on the cross. And so the kingdom of God, he said, uh, the, the good news is here. They said, what is the good news? He said that the kingdom of God has arrived with, with me. And so it's, it's here, but Jesus also said, well, I'm leaving this earth, and 
the goal for all of you is to usher in the kingdom of God more and more that you would bring heaven to earth. And so the kingdom of God is already, but it's also not yet. It's not yet all the way here. We're still, we're supposed to be doing work to lure heaven to earth, to get the kingdom of God to come alive in a bigger way. Anyways, one of the things that kind of changed me when I gave my life over to Christ is um, extremely negative and pessimistic uh, all the time growing up, just always had a negative attitude, always crushing people's dreams, um, just... Uh, and I would say I'm a realist that, um, well, I'm just, I'm just a realist. I'm just being real with you. You need to know the truth, but not recognizing that I was, I was actually, um, I was kicking people and knocking them down from things that they could have been doing. Um, we have the, the power with our words to be able to just ruin somebody's uh, path that they're on. But the kingdom of God has turned me into an idealist, into an optimist, into a um, just a, a different kind of person. And now there are people who are saying, you know, I can never do that. I won't be. And I'm just going, oh, my gosh. If God gets a hold of you, if, if you let, man, if you move into obedience with him, you start doing the things that he wants you to do, man, you'd be unstoppable. If you don't want your life to be mediocre, you want to experience the most out of your life, you leave the safe shore, you go out into deeper waters, you move into obedience, and then the fourth is the move into fruitfulness. In verse 6, it says, When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. And so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled up both boats so full that they began to sink. This is the move into fruitfulness after you've agreed to the obedience part. Leave the safe shore, move into deeper waters. You were obedient and what you, it worked. God's principles end up working and you move into fruitfulness in the kingdom of God, when you obey whatever it is that God's challenging you to, there's a fruitfulness that wouldn't be present in your life if you were only just trying to be a good person. If you were just trying to, um, you know, just, just trying to do the things that the world tells you to do, there's a new thing that comes along called fruitfulness that is Man, that, that's the life. That's that parade drive life. I was driving like, this is fruitfulness drive. <laughs> it says their boat starts sinking. It's too much for them to handle. That is fruitfulness. A lot of people, I, I hear people all the time who hate big churches. And we'll get people who, maybe some of you came here and you came from a bigger church. And you're like, it was just too big. It was just so, it was too big. It was like I was in a, 
Uh, it was like I was in a Costco. <laughs> Which I get, I understand parts of that, but also at the same time, um, I would say we, we, uh, we need to recognize and embrace the bigger church means more fish in the boat. Bigger church is more fish in the boat. Um, and so if you're one of those people who said, oh, mega churches, like they're, oh, it's so shallow, it's uh, blah, blah, blah. They don't talk about anything deep, and, but there's a couple thousand people. Man, that's a big old boat with a bunch of fish in it. And so we celebrate what's going on there. Luke chapter 5, verse 8, it says, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats to the shore, they left everything, and they followed him. This is the fifth move. If you want to make the most of the rest of your life, leave the safe shore, you go out into deeper waters, you move into obedience, that will bring you into fruitfulness, and then the fifth piece of this puzzle is a move into worship. This is a move into worship. This is the disciples in this story see this amazing, impossible catch of fish that Jesus told them they were going to find if they would just go out and they would trust him. And they just, they can't, they just drop to their knees. They realize that what they've just experienced is a move of God. Uh, it wasn't fancy management principles or um, six easy steps to more fish or what it wasn't like. This was... This was trusting God and experiencing fruit because of it. Now, these moves that Jesus has challenged them to make, he's challenging all of us constantly to make these same moves. Uh, and they're not going to cause our destruction. It's the thing that's going to cause us blessing and give us life to the full. It causes us to move into worship, to get down in a humble posture and say, you are the king, Jesus, and you are good, and you are trustworthy, you are true, you are worth following, you're good. When the kingdom of God comes to our city, um, I believe that is, that is um, what takes place when more and more of us make these moves, when we leave the safety of shore and we risk something for the kingdom of God, when we get called out into deeper waters and we become more vulnerable for the kingdom of God, we do something that scares us for the benefit of the kingdom. And then we move into obedience. He proves that he's trustworthy. We experience fruitfulness. We're being blessed by the things that we trusted him with. And the only thing that we can possibly respond with is worship and saying, thank you, you are, man, God, you're good. You are good. When the kingdom of God comes to our city, we end up seeing changes all over the place. If the kingdom of God 
is more present in Cheviot, Westwood, you know, Montford Heights, Price Hill. If it's more present in these places, we're going to see more businesses thriving. We're going to see racism fall off the map. We'll see the arts and creativity flourish. We'll see families being restored. We'll see new businesses developed. We'll see people uh, becoming successful that have never been in that place before. We'll see marriages that are healed, addictions fall away, people being intentional about their lives with Jesus. And, uh, man, I just, I just want to see more of it. I want to see it happen in this place. I want Cheviot to become a destination where people want to move to. Like, are there any houses available? Man, nobody wants to leave that place. It's just such a great little community because the kingdom of God is alive in that place. And so these five steps are an invitation from Jesus for you to say yes and watch, watch an, an adventure unfold. Let's pray. Lord, I'm, I'm praying for my brothers and sisters in this room right now with wherever they are, uh, that this is um, maybe a, a chance for them to stare it in the face, that thing that they need to, to change or do something differently with or, or take a risk or be bold and courageous. Anyone in this room who needs to leave the safe shore, that you would just remind them that they have friends for the journey, they have brothers and sisters in Christ who are there, that they're not alone. Pray for those who are wanting to move into deeper water and do something risky, try something different, new, scary, Lord, I'm praying that you would move in a powerful way and your Holy Spirit would be revealed to them, that you would, um, you would be heard in an audible way, that people would see you visually, that some people would get dreams or visions of you, that new gifts of the Spirit would manifest. People for the first time would experience uh, like a holy laughter, that people would experience um, an impossible joy, that they would experience healing uh, within their body. God, that there would just be different, whatever expression you want. We just say, come Holy Spirit. Pray that you move in a powerful way. For those of us who are being called into obedience right now, that you have been calling us and we know it and we've been afraid to make the step because it seems like it's, we're just not sure what's going to happen. Let's pray that we would know we can trust you. Move into obedience. Lord, we, we're praying for fruitfulness, for favor. I'm praying for checks to be showing up in people's mailboxes that they weren't expecting. I'm praying for um, just in the, the monopoly game of their lives that they keep getting all the good cards, that there are errors in their favor, or that if 
they're struggling with something with their kids, that they would have big wins with their kids. God, if they're struggling with something with parents, that they would have big wins with their parents and experience favor and fruitfulness. We just say, come Holy Spirit. We worship you. We thank you. We love you because of who you are, because of the way that you lead us and guide us and teach us, because of the work you did for us on the cross. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. If you would like to receive prayer for anything, maybe you've never been prayed for in person, and that's scary. Opportunity for you to be prayed for if you want. Over here near the cross, we'd love to pray for you. Um, Stop out in the lobby. Grab some salt-of-the-earth seasoning or some baked goodies. You guys have a good week. For more information about Vineyard Westside, please visit vineyardwestside.com.